Well, my baby, well, she's all right. Well, my baby, she's clean out of sight. Don't you know that she is? She's some kind of wonderful. She's some kind of wonderful. Hey, welcome to Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. We are the after show for KCAA Morning Radio's On the Brink. You can check us out in San Bernardino, Riverside counties in Southern California on 1050 AM, 106.5 and 102.3 FM. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the show. Looking forward to having you join us here more and more. Um, so we kind of rushed at the end. Today, was it was really weird. It was like we, we talked a long time about a lot of stuff, and then we rushed at the end to do some follow-ups or, or continuations of what we were talking about. Um, and one of the things that we talked about was that the World Health Organization, World Health Organization, the WHO, um, has for months insisted that COVID is transmitted via droplets admitted when people cough or sneeze, and that these are droplets that don't linger in the air but fall onto surfaces, and that's why hand washing has been identified as a key prevention measure. Nobody is debating that that is one means of transmission. But 239 scientists from 32 countries don't agree that that's the only means of transmission. They say there is also strong evidence that suggests that the virus can also be spread in the air through much tinier particles that float around for hours after people talk or breathe out. So that would be aerosol versus droplet. Aerosol is the super tiny droplets. And it makes sense that if you've got COVID virus in your saliva that both the large and the small droplets would have COVID virus in it and that that would be a means of transmission. Now, the WHO has refused to even look at the about that, that evidence. They've said that, uh, that there might be some evidence to suggest that it was possible in, in such settings such as enclosed or crowded spaces. Uh, and that that evidence will have to be thoroughly evaluated. But lots of these scientists, 239 of them from 32 different countries, said that we've done a lot of the evaluation and that that information is there. And uh, one of the issues up to this point, the WHO, has, the, WHO the World Health Organization, has said that um, that we don't have enough of like the N95 masks, which is what you would need to protect yourself from aerosol droplets. And so there's no point in in following up on that or going, you know, getting doing the research there. Uh, and I couldn't disagree more. That seems like a very short-sighted and foolish, foolish stand to take. You do the research, you find out what's there, and then that directs what we need to do, whether we need to create more N95 masks. But we need to have solid science that understands what is going on and not uh, try to to jump a step and say, well, we don't have enough of the masks, so let's not show that that's a way of transmission. Instead, let's say that let's find out if that really is a solid means of transmission, and then we'll make more of those masks. And if we don't need to make more of those masks, if a standard cloth mask will work because it truly is droplets and not aerosols, then we know that. But let's know that. Let's look at the science. Um, And tied to that, the... uh, U.S. has begun the formal process of withdrawal from the World Health Organization. President Trump had threatened he gave them 30 days to make certain changes to their policies and procedures. Uh, his um, assertion is that the World Health Organization has been just lockstep reasserting the Chinese con- um, line on what happened with COVID, how it started, and how it is spread. 
and that because of things like not looking at aerosol uh, transmission and uh, and the belief that the the Chinese have said that it was you know started in a uh, a uh, wet market as opposed to something that maybe was lab developed, which more and more it's becoming clear that this was something that was in a lab. How it got out is not clear. Uh, it seems as if, uh, anyway, he has started the process of formally withdrawing from the World Health Organization. Now, why that's a big deal? Well, A, it's a place, it's the standardized place where com- countries share science back and forth. But if it's being driven by the Chinese, then we either need to make significant changes or no longer be part of it. And uh, Trump has made the determination that after given some things that they needed to change within 30 days, they didn't make any changes. He says we're no longer going to be part of it. The other thing is is that it is it is funded through donations by member countries. The U.S. has been giving about $450 million annually to the World Health Organization. The Chinese have been giving about $40 million. Uh, and so if we pull out, $450 million of their funding goes bye-bye. Um, that will be significant for the World Health Organization. You would think that they would then be working very hard to to uh, make the changes that were asked and that they would be um, uh, open to things like the idea that maybe we need to look at the science before we start making decisions about what we will and won't announce. Um, President Trump has repeatedly criticized the WHO, the World Health Organization, claiming that uh, China, the WHO, that claiming that China has total control over the organization uh, and allowed itself to be misled during the early days of the coronavirus pandemic. The virus first emerged in Wuhan province of China, as we all know. Um, and because they have failed to make the requested and greatly needed reforms, we will today be terminating our relationship with the World Health Organization. Uh, that's what uh, Mr. Trump said. And so that is ongoing. We'll see. Uh, again, we contribute literally more than 10 times as much as the Chinese do. And you've got to wonder, well, are the Chinese willing to pick up the difference in that? Or, uh, you know, I, I, you get the sense, if, you, if you're looking at uh, a lot of what's going on, that the Chinese are ha, have sort of weaponized their relationship with the rest of the world, that they're using it to put, they're, they're using their trade relationships and, and, and such to put leverage on the rest of the world. Now, I'm not naive. I know that the United States has and continues to do the same thing around the world that we uh, we also put pressure on on countries to you know do what we want in terms of trade and buy goods and uh, and technologies from us so so you know we all need to learn to play a little bit nicer with each other here's Aaron coming along hello how you doing hello 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 how are you do you hear me I, I do now uh-huh yeah, it's funny when we first connect. I, I can I don't hear the like, like there's a certain ambient background noise that I can tell when I hear that I know then you're online. So I try to I sometimes start talking before I hear that though. I need to stop because I know you can't hear me. It's like there's that little hesitation when we connect. Ah, technology. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I was just talking about how um, you know China is using. Things like the World Health Organization and trade relationships, uh, they kind of have weaponized those things so that they could put pressure on other countries. But, you know, we're not naive. We do the same thing. The U.S. has done that for a long time as an as a economic powerhouse in the world. We, we put pressure on countries to, to behave and do the things that we want them to do, um, you know, and 
as a result, we're not always viewed as kindly as we imagine ourselves by other countries. Right. Um, you know, and uh, we think that we're doing it as as um, benevolent world leaders, right? That we're we we stand for freedom and 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 good things, and so therefore they should want to uh, emulate us in the way they do things. But that's not always the case. Um, but we just we need to we we need to be strong as we as we stand in opposition to you know Chinese positions in the world. And where we don't where we where we agree, then then we need to you know work together. But where we don't agree, we need to be uh, make sure that we're providing a uh, a clear alternative to the world as to how things can be done. I I just we can't allow ourselves to be naive. Right. We cannot allow ourselves to trust the Chinese government at all. Yeah. You know, well, um, when, when our interests align, we should work together. But when they don't, we need to make sure that we we stand strong and that we we delineate clearly to our population and the rest of the world the difference between the two and why. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah, because President Xi is not our friend. <laughs> no, he he's out to make sure he wins, whatever winning is. You know. Yes. Yes. Um, however, he defines that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, right now, our current president—that's that's how he perceives the world as well. Yes. You know. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that we are. I'm not saying that 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 we are wonderful. I didn't. That didn't come out of my mouth. I, right. No, I understand. I'm that. just. I just mean that that um, we have to protect American interests. Right. Right. But I mean, that's largely been sort of the 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 marching orders of the Trump presidency has been. America first, protect America's interest. I think, you know, in that respect, he has not been wrong in that there are, uh, you know, entities out there, Chinese among them, who very much would like to see America fall on its face. And yes. and we've been, um, you know, we've been behaving as if we were naive. I don't think we necessarily were. I don't think, uh, you know, President Obama was, was an idiot. I think he, he sees the world for what it is. I also think... He saw the he, he saw a, an idealized world that he was trying to, to push us towards, but not everybody was on that same train, you know. No, you know you don't get the world you imagine; you get the world that you have. Right. Yeah. Doesn't mean you don't imagine better things and try to try to guide people there, but you know you can you can point them in a direction. You can't force them to walk there. You can't force the horse to drink, right? No, you sure can't. You sure can't. So. Now, if you have a little wiener dog, you can force him to drink because you can push his head down. And, no, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to my puppies. So do you have a puppy in there with you? I don't today. Um, I usually don't. They uh, historically will sit here for a little while, but at some point start feeling a little um, little lonely and, and, and get a little whiny sometimes. And so I don't usually ah. bring them out when I'm on the air. That said, I've been acclimating uh, Lincoln, at least, is my uh, the, the one that, that is sort of. He's my guy. I mean, I you know I love them all, and I have fun with all of them in different ways. But uh, Lincoln is the the puppy that's that seems closest to me, and he's also the one who just personality wise is most least anxious when he's not with the other two. He's happy to be hanging out with me, and so if I, you know, if I come in the house and say go back into another room or something, he will sometimes follow me in there and hang out with me, even though the other two are in the other room with their mom, and. Uh, uh, and sometimes he comes out to the shack with me too, so I may start bringing him out to the shack with me in the mornings. We'll see. 
So I got an update from, from my daughter on her new dog, Ellie, uh-huh. who is a multi-poo, who is absolutely adorable. They're calling her Alligator because she's teething and she's got little <laughs> sharp teeth and she likes to bite. Chomp, chomp, <laughs> chomp. Well, welcome to puppy world. Yeah. Exactly. Hide everything of value. Put it up and away. Exactly, exactly. And they have chew toys for her, and she's mm-hmm. already, you know, likes to play fetch. And so they've got a chewy ball, that, you know, tennis ball that she can play with. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, it's just the nature of puppies. Yeah. They're, oh, I remember you know, those days. Their little teeth are so sharp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and hide your shoes because they don't know the difference between a chew toy and your shoes. And the chews smell nice and stinky, so they like those. <laughs> yeah. Puppies. Oh, They're so wonderful, puppy. but oh my gosh, yeah, a lot of work. Yeah, it's like having a baby. It really is. It is like a baby. A it's just baby. not a, it's just not a human. Yeah. 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 I mean, 17 weeks old. That's that's still really young. Still got to figure out where they're supposed to do their business. Yes. Um, they will have moments of upset tummies and throwing up and and you know, all of the the growing up things that that everybody has, right? Yes, and they need attention. And so yeah. we ha- kind of had a conversation. I'm like, you know, dogs do better when you have more than one. They're pack animals. Yeah. And and she's like, I know. So she's yeah. Like, well, she's only had one, one for a week. Give her time. <laughs> Not even that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She got what exactly. on Monday. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's yes. Three days. Day day two. <laughs> yesterday, you were having this conversation with her. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. But I agree. I think that dogs dogs. Um, if you've got two they they tend to they tend to be better because they've got they they, they have a sense of belonging you know not yes. that they don't with their human family but but having another uh quadruped around helps they they um, are pack animals that's just that's just yeah. dogs yeah so they yeah. like to have their pack yeah S- saves a lot of anxiety for them and uh and you don't feel quite as bad about you know if you have to leave them alone for a while uh because they've had they've got their pack with them but yeah. Then if you want to travel, now you have to find a babysitter or, or you have to board them somewhere. And it's like all these extra responsibilities and costs that you don't think yeah. about when you see that adorable little puppy. Uh, <laughs> that said, I've had pets, you know, my entire adult life. I mean, yes. you know, we, we yes. have a, a reasonable time of mourning if, when one eventually uh, uh, passes. But then we, we usually start looking around because I like them. I like the fuzzy ones. And we're, you know. we're in the same boat as you is that, uh, well, you have one that's younger, but you know, all of our pets are, are, mm-hmm. you know, 12 to 14 years old and, yeah. um, you know, that's getting up there for them. That's, yeah. that's, that's getting up there. Yeah. So. They don't stay young forever like me. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Our baby is six, by the way, the puppy. The puppy, yeah. So yeah. you know, our, our puppy is six years old. He's hardly a puppy, but but he's the smallest one too. So he's a perma puppy. Well, and at least he's not so spazzy anymore. My goodness, he was a rambunctious little guy as a puppy. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time I took him down to uh, our local groomer, the the paw spa. By the way, I'll give him a plug here in Corona. They do great work and they're wonderful people. Um, and uh, we, I came back to pick him up, and uh, the the lady who owns the place goes, "That little one's a pistol." <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
I'll never forget how she said that. I went, um, yeah. And she goes, wow. <laughs> she goes, we, we didn't, we, we did our best to trim hair, but we were lucky to get him washed. There wasn't a whole lot of trimming going on there. <laughs> she says, I thought he would get worn out eventually, but he just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't want to stab him. So right. Yeah. yeah. But they were trying to get, you know, like, uh, he, he gets like uh, Grinch toes. He's got hair growing out on his feet and stuff. And so they kind of clean up his paws and stuff and around his belly and, you know, around his privates. And those are sensitive areas. You want to be very careful. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah, when you've got a little, you know, foot and, and change long wiener dog that's like bucking and kicking and squirming and rolling. And I mean, he's not biting at you, but he just won't hold still. I mean, won't. Yeah. When he's, when he's decided he doesn't want something, he can be about as squirmy as squirmy gets. Man. But, uh, he has yes. since learned the routine there and calmed down a little bit. So uh, he's not as bad as he used to be. But it's funny. They remember him. They remember all three of them because, you know, not many people come in with a pack of, of weenie dogs. But You uh, know, it's interesting. We've had conversations with our, uh, our African exchange students um, that they just think it's wild. Like when we got here and saw how we are with our pets, like I'll pick them up and kiss them and cuddle them and all. She's like, oh, my God. They thought that was the weirdest thing ever. And um, uh, they they said, especially cats, especially black cats. I have a black cat. Right. Um, they would. Oh, my gosh. They are. They're considered bad. you like you stay away from them, you know. Um, yeah. And in their culture, they are considered familiars, like familiar spirits. And and mm. um, and I'm like, no, nope, they're just kitties. Yeah, they're just, just kitties. Not its fault that it has black fur or white fur <laughs> or striped fur or whatever. Just a kitty cat. It's, it's just a kitty cat. And, uh, you know, they're our babies. You yeah. Know? And, of course, um, Pharaoh has he has developed a meow that sounds an awful lot like mom. And so they're like, well, the first time we heard him say mom, that really freaked us out. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That is very funny. So he'll you know. look at me and he'll go, mom, and he'll run up to the front door and he'll tap the doorknob. He's like, I want out. I want out. He's a smart cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they 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 learn what they need to do to get our attention. They certainly do. Exactly. And they yes, certainly they train do. us to, to respond to their cues. And we they get... understand. I swear they understand. They yeah. really do. Yeah, there's clearly certain certain phrases and things that they get. It's funny. I've been, uh, you know, with Lincoln coming out here to the shack, I've been trying to teach him to, I mean, he knows how to shake. And, and that's about it. That's his one trick. And so I, I thought, well, you know, how about lay down? So I've been saying down. And uh, yesterday I was in the house and he's looking at me and he looks at me and he raises one paw and then he lays down. It's like, I'm trying everything Aww. here. Come on, give me some, give me some attention. I'm doing my two tricks. <laughs> and oh I was like, oh, you, you remembered to lay down. So I gave him a lot of praise. I didn't give him any food, which is what he really wanted, but I gave him a lot of praise. So, so I don't know if I've ever told this story on the air, but uh, my brother and his wife, they have three dogs, two of whom are, are mm -hmm. basset hounds and, and then a bloodhound. And they got a little, the basset hounds are super, all three of them are super smart, but the one mm -hmm. basset hound in particular, whenever they, she wants to go out, she, um, they have a, they have a doorbell on the, on the floor that she can step on that will, uh, that let them know that she's at the back door. She needs to go out. And so, but now she's gotten, so she uses it if she wants a treat, if she uses it, if she wants attention, she uses it, uses it no matter what. And so she is seriously the ding dong dog. Like you're sitting there, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Yeah. It's like, what do you want right now? Silly dog. That's funny. 
It's like, yeah, careful, you gave her a voice, and now she won't <laughs> shut up. Oh, that's funny. That I mean, she funny. definitely is handy. That's, you know, better than her making a mess on the floor. Like, you know, okay, yeah. Mom, I got to go out. Yeah, um, big dog, big mess. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, bats and hounds are low to the ground, but they're not small dogs. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, having wiener dogs, they're sort of like a mini version of that in that people think of them as, you know, especially minor miniature ones, they think of them as really small dogs. But if they had legs, they would be more mid-sized dogs, you know. Right. People would look right. at them and go like, oh, okay. And they're, they're actually, there's more bulk to them than you think. They're not like, um, you know, Shih Tzus and, and uh, you know, Toy Poodles and, and uh, Chihuahuas in that they're that small, even though they're about that height. <laughs> you know? Yes. So yes. my, my folks have a, uh, uh, Shih Tzu poodle mix and she's a much smaller dog than my dogs, but she's probably four inches taller than them just cause she has legs. Uh, you know, I always like that conversation about, you know, they're a, uh, half a dog high and a dog and a half long. That's your wiener dog. <laughs> and bassets, that's funny. bassets are kind of the same thing. Just, you know, jumbo size. They're about, you know, half a dog high and dog and a half long. So, yeah, we love our puppies. We do, we do. So, we yes, and our kitties and, you know, all, all of our, our fur babies. Yeah, all our critters. All our critters. So, um, let's see. Why am I not? See? Oh, that was. Did, oh, here it is. Today. Okay, I was looking at the wrong wrong screen. I'm like, where did all of our articles are? Where, oh, our, I moved them Oh, you over. moved them over to Thursday. That's why. Okay. I sometimes go in there and pick out things to talk about in the after show, but we'll leave that stuff for Thursday. Cause oh, you know, we, fine. we really, we really didn't talk about very much today. We just talked a lot about the things we talked about. <laughs> Indeed. And some you days know. we run through the news cause you know, mm-hmm. we run through the news and then other days, um, we, uh, 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 we take a little bit more time. Yeah. Which so. is, yeah, that's, and that's, the ebb and flow, right? That's the joy of listening to to uh, a podcast of any kind or a radio show of any kind, or at least talk shows. Um, you know, we've talked about that. We try to be sort of like, you know, what would the conversation be with you and your neighbors over the backyard fence? And that's kind of what we you get when you're listening to us. And so you get a mix, right? Sometimes you uh, you get national news. Sometimes you get more local news. I think for the TV show, or for the TV show, for the radio show, local makes more sense. With the podcast, you know, people can pick it up anywhere. So we probably should stick to more like national and and, and world type of conversations. But uh, that's a little inside baseball, I guess, as we're talking about it. Now. Yes, yes. So, so are you planning on buying a new car, Todd? Uh, not an Aston Martin. <laughs> Because they're a little, they're a little pricey. Get this: Aston Martin has created a DB5. Now the DB5 is a 55-year-old car, but they're making 25 brand new, updated DB5s. They look just like the old DB5s. They're using the same uh, bodywork and metalwork. They're putting a more modern engine in it, and you know, modern electronics and stuff. But it's a DB5. They're making 25 of them. Did I say 25? Wow. They're not making wow. a lot. So there's a clue. It ain't going to be cheap. And they are James Bond DB5s, which means they have the bulletproof shield that pops up in the back. They, it's not really bulletproof. They have a uh, machine gun that comes up out of the wheel wells. Not really working machine gun. Um, they have <laughs> a, the removable roof piece for the ejector seat that doesn't really eject. Um they have uh, 
the uh, smoke screen that pops out of the back headlights that don't actually shoot any smoke. They have a hidden radar screen behind the console that's not actually attached to radar. And they have little things, spikes that come out of the center of the wheels to tear up the bad guy's wheels as they're chasing you, but they're not actually things that would tear up wheels. So essentially, this is a $3.5 million toy car. It really is. They put all the James Bond G-Wiz gadgets into it, but none of them are actually working items. They're just there for fun. But it is a otherwise a, a... 2020 version of the DB5, which is awesome. So, is it legal to drive it? Like, is it is it street legal? Can you buy it in the U.S. or do you have to get it in the U.K. and have it shipped over and not well, drive it? Well, there's 25 of them. It'll never be actually legal in American or in today's terms because there's no way you could take a 50 year old car and make it pass a crash test. Um, oh, that yeah, said. Too. There is some rules for limited production vehicles, and they're only making 25 of them, and so it'll be treated more or less like a kit car, and so you can get a uh, so th- so they don't have to like provide 10 of them to the you know the Federal Transportation Board for crash testing or anything like that because they're only making 25 of them, so they're technically not street legal, but you can get a um, uh, it costs a lot, but if you're spending 3.5 million dollars for a car, you can get a uh, a waiver. The um, at least you can in the U.S. I mean, I don't know where else they're going to sell them, but they're also only going to be um, right-hand drive cars because it's James Bond's car, uh, and that's how the U.K. rolls. Yeah, so, well, that's how. Yeah, that's how they yeah. do it. The the last original uh, DB5 um, that they know the whereabouts of that was used in James Bond's films sold for four point six million dollars. The last one that was used from um, uh, the Goldfinger. Dang. So, so this, these are, uh, you know, are four points, yeah, four point six million. So these are almost a million dollars cheaper. Um, I'd say they're a bargain if you're a James <laughs> Bond fan and really like DB five circa, you know, nineteen seventy. Wow. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I suppose if you have, if you're a multi billionaire, you don't care. Yeah. You know, it's that's that's not that's fine. You can spend that million or three and a half million dollars. It's like a drop in the bucket. Yeah. But, and there's there's people out there, you know, the, the Jay Leno's of the world that collect cars because they're interesting. Right. You know, and they yeah. got the money to do it um, there. I will say this, though, that in the, amongst the car aficionados of people in the world, the DB5 is considered one of the most beautiful cars. It was one of the cars that would people look at and they go, that's the way a sports car should look. And yeah. it just has very pretty lines. And the more modern versions of it, the DB7s and the DBXs and DBRs, they they have, you know, modernized versions of that same look. They're very beautiful. Um, and if you haven't ever seen one, it has sort of a, a long front hood. They look very similar to a Porsche in basic shape, but they're they're longer and more graceful. They're, they're um, you know, but that's who they compete against, really, is, is uh, you know, the, the Porsche uh, Carreras, the 911s. That's kind of their competition in that in that rarefied air in terms of cost and and uh, you know. But they've never been a, a co- company. They don't they don't sell you know 250 million of these things. They never will. They never want to. There's a, there's a, a rareness to them. They're In and Out Burger. They're not McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or or maybe they're that fifty dollar um, uh, Kobe beef burger that you pick up at the uh, at the 
Tutti Frutti restaurant, uh, Tutti Frutti, Hoity Doity, <laughs> the expensive restaurant that that, that yes. serves you, you know, uh, an acorn and a leaf of, of lettuce and calls it a salad. Um, it's that place. It's it's that it's that very very expensive hamburger. That's what the Aston Martin is. Oh yes. Okay. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> I, and the reason I had to make up words like you know tutti frutti and hoity doity because I could not think of the name of a fancy restaurant like that to save my life that would sell you a you know seventy dollar or a hundred dollar burger. But there's places out there that do it. Ha. So wow. So you know I, there's an article in the Daily Bulletin. Uh, and about how people are maximizing, like the overachievers are maximizing their time at home. Now, some of us are still working, so I don't really have time for hobbies, just like I, you know, like, apart from this radio gig, it's not really a hobby, but, um, you know, this that's my extra thing. Um, but people who find themselves not at work um, or only working part-time or whatever, uh, and they have a lot more time on their hands, they're doing things like, you know, spring cleaning, and they're remodeling their homes, they're you know, hmm. people, and there's a list of like they're learning how to play yeah. an instrument or speak a language. They're learning Time how to is all my is all yours. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they're learning how to. Lots of people are baking. You can't buy yeast anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you know. They're, oh yes, they're you doing... can because I went and found it for my baking daughter and wife. Well, hey, I haven't been able to find any. So not that I'm a big baker, but I thought it might be fun to make a make a a loaf of bread. You know, like a yeah. sourdough. Um. You know, I, I, my 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 sister in law has a sourdough starter that she's been working with, and maybe I'll just mm-hmm. get some from her. Don't use but, yeast in sourdough, do you? I'm sorry. Don't you just use the starter? You don't use yeast in sourdough. Well, I, I I'm not a baker, Todd. I don't know. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, if you've got a starter from somebody, get a little bit of it because I think that's all you need. Oh, I mean, okay. double check all the right. recipe, but maybe you could do some bread then. Nothing like fresh maybe. baked bread; it's awesome. It is awesome, and it makes the house smell really good. Yeah, and I, I, I would an cook it. Instant pot now. I think you can make bread in an instant. I've heard pot, that. Right? That would be an interesting experiment. I I would I would make the bread just for the smell. Then throw the loaf away. Even if you if you don't want carbs, just make the bread. <laughs> <laughs> Give the bread <laughs> to your neighbors. To neighbor. Yeah, don't yeah. Don't away. exactly. Food. That's true. Yeah, that, there's something just wrong about that, right? Anyway, I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. It's okay. And some people are deep cleaning. I haven't done that. Some people are. You know, um, you know, writing the great American novel. Some people are, although I, I have been puttering around writing, and that's been fun. Um, you know, they're they're getting more exercise, and I know your wife is doing that. Yeah, um, I was puttering around putting. <laughs> I was puttering around puttering. Yeah, I've got a little um, a little putting green that I roll out. And I've got a putter. I practice putting. Oh, that's cool. And I saw that you have a you have a. Uh, cornhole game as well you've been practicing so you could beat tobit i got a cornhole game well you know he and i were sort of neck and neck but then it was obvious that he has played more than i have because he has a set and i only played when i went to visit and it's like oh dang it he's getting good i gotta practice so (laughs) because you are very competitive because your last name is brinker yeah just a little competitive what do you mean (laughs) he shall not win he shall not win (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we have fun you know i i my hat's off to those people you know that have that have yeah just making big changes i think too that we're we're maybe when you know when you pick up a hobby and there's something that you enjoy doing that that is productive it it actually feels better you feel better right you Mm -hmm. have kind of a purpose and a focus on your off time you know as an avocation or whatever 
Um, and, and perhaps we're not going to overschedule ourselves into oblivion when we all come out of this. Oh, I think anymore. we'll just go right back to our, our unhealthy, crappy ways. But, but um, time will tell, I guess. But, you know, I, I think you're right, though. There's that, that sense of just I, I, accomplishment. You know, even if you just do some little things that you can, like, do it and it's done, then you can, like, feel good about, like, at the end of the day, you go, oh, I did that. You yes. Know? You know, and, and it's, it's so easy to, to, to spend your entire day binge watching dark and do nothing. And suddenly it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night and you've done nothing all day and you haven't moved and your backside hurts and, uh, and your eyes bleed and you're going, like, what the <laughs> heck just happened? I'm almost done though. Tomorrow I'll get the last episode. <laughs> yeah, you're like I used to be a productive human yeah. being. <laughs> yeah, and, and I said dark because that's the thing that I've been binging. And exactly what I did after we went off the air day before yesterday was I started watching it and did not move from my chair other than quick potty breaks. Yes, basically all day I watched it from from like you know eight o'clock in the morning till I don't know ten forty or something or so at night, and then said I got to go to bed. I got to get up in the morning. <laughs> it was the most unproductive day I have had in a while. And not that I've been super productive. I am definitely not that person who's doing all the stuff. But we did some, you know, we have done a little bit of cleaning. And I finally, uh, with the help of uh, my brother, your husband, I did get the uh, the familial desk into the shack out back. So instead of having a card table behind me here in the shack, I now have my uh, nice big oak desk here, which is nice. And then I had to do a little uh, modifications of the shack to make it fit. Because I, the the top I measured it and the top fit perfectly. The bottom, for whatever reason, I had I had built out something that jutted out a little bit, and it was like a base to something. And so I had to kind of modify that so it could slide in the last three inches. And uh, yesterday I got the parts and pieces. I'm going to finish doing some sound sealing around the door, which I didn't want to do before because I didn't want to reduce the width of the door before we brought the desk in, <laughs> just in case I couldn't get the desk in. And so. Um, you know, it's only going to reduce the, the width of the door by uh, uh, an inch or so. But I just thought, you know, that'd be my luck as I go through the effort to put all that up. And then we start bringing in the chair. And I was like, OK, now I have to take it all back out because the chair's yeah. just just a hair too wide. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. and, I, and I measured it and I knew it was close. And so I just said, you know what, I'll just wait. So um, that's smart. It's very cozy back there. Yeah, it actually is. It is. Um, and uh you know, it's um, with the desk in here and and the storage boxes now removed because those were piled up underneath. the. <laughs> Last time you were here, there was there was a lot of storage going on in here, which is not what this space is for. Um, it's uh, actually a fair amount of room. It's not, it's it's fairly comfortable. So my next thing is I'm looking and waiting and shopping and, and trying to see if I can find a good used uh, uh, high high end desk chair, because the one I have, it sits kind of off kilter. When you sit in it and when you sit up, there's nothing behind your back because if I sit back to where I'm in the back, I'm staring at the ceiling. It, it no longer sits upright anymore. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's seen better days. I got it used and when I got it, it was already a couple years old and it wasn't the highest quality desk chair to begin with, but it's, you know, what I got. Uh, so I've been looking at um, some, I mean, they're new, they're expensive. They're like thousand dollar desk chairs, but I'm not going to buy one new. I'm going to see if I can find one used somewhere. Um, but the, the, like the steel case and, uh, Herman Miller top end chairs, the evoke or invoke and the gesture, um, yes. they're wonderful chairs. And ironically, you know, I, and I, I got to see you yesterday and see Tobin and it was so good to see him. I, I, I've, 
I just couldn't get over how happy he was to see me. It was like, I, you know, but he just, uh, I think the timing was right. God put me there because, boy, he he needed somebody to just hang out with. And so I, I had a great time hanging out with him. Um, I, I think this this COVID, and we've talked about this, you know, yeah. for Tobin is an extrovert. And for him, this this lockdown mm-hmm. is is really hard. I have the benefit of um, I'm less introvert. I'm, I'm more introverted than extroverted. Mm-hmm. Um Although I'm not a true, true, true introvert, um, but with with uh, I get I get I'm on in meetings on Zoom all day. So I, you know I may have right. little bits of time of time where I'm not in a meeting and I'm just working. But I have people that I talk to. He doesn't, right. and so you know he really needs. And he he tries to talk to me, bless his heart, and I'm working. And yeah. so um, you know he really needs to 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 connect with people so he was absolutely giddy that you came over he was he was he was almost like bouncing with energy it was it was pretty funny and and i love it i love my brother and it was just it was very cool um yeah so it was nice a nice uh surprise to pop in and see see you guys briefly before you guys uh, you and and reagan went out and got your your mother's day (laughs) girls outing uh (laughs) it's hard to say that without laughing here here in july but you know i know right um, well because we've been in lockdown yeah we have we have but uh he and i went and uh visited theron's custard in uh redlands and had some some delicious sweetness which completely destroyed my dinner but that's okay Oh, I bet it was good, though. Theron's is really, really good. If, if, for those of you all who have never had the treat of frozen custard, yeah. it is it is a richer ice cream. Yeah, it, it is You know, it's awesome. richer than ice cream. It's a heavier, um, it's delicious, creamier yeah. experience. Yeah. It, it's like making ice cream out of pudding. It's just, it's it's that rich, heavy, just creamy deliciousness is what it is. And, uh, yeah, and so we had the, the Theron's... I can't remember what they called it. Theron's favorite or whatever. It's basically caramel bananas and almond slivers with, with vanilla custard or chocolate custard if you choose, but we both preferred the vanilla. Wow. Good stuff. You were thinking of your dad, weren't you? Absolutely. In fact, I took pictures of the Theron sign and of my custard and sent it to my dad. And he replied this morning when he saw it, um, that about that same time they were, uh, stopping, uh, they were coming back from the VA hospital that he sees once a month and uh that he goes to once a month for checkups and um they went to a custard place there and so within within about an hour i'm actually if i'm figuring it out about right probably very similar almost about the same time that we were at theron's they were at this other place getting custard seriously yeah yeah (laughs) apparently they got lunch and then had custard afterwards because they're not going there without having the custard but yeah it was uh pretty funny to read that yeah it's uh Maybe just an hour earlier, uh, they were leaving the VA hospital and stopped at a newly opened Culver's, the best frozen custard place I've ever been to. Of course, he said that about Theron's, too. So uh, (laughs) any frozen custard has got to be good. And then he said um, he got one of their butter burgers, which that by itself makes it sound delicious, and then a cup of of, uh, custard as well. It's butter and a burger. What's not to like? Yeah. Uh, that just sounds good. I was like, every every hamburger place should have a butter burger. <laughs> of course, you know I'm eating. I can't have the butter or the burger, but I can right. have vegan burgers, and those I like those. I like yeah. Those, so and I and I, I I know they turned out not to be vegan, but the um, the the black bean um, burger that uh, that I had um, at my house 
the other day. Um, I, I cooked extras, and the day after you guys left, I think on the third or fourth. Anyway, I ended up eating one of those for lunch. They're those delicious. were really good. <laughs> That's the Morning yeah. Star Farms. It was a Chipotle black bean burger. Yeah, and it was really good. Uh, the thing was, I didn't eat it with a bun or like a burger. I just ate it on a plate with some uh, with some beans and some other stuff and some salad. Um, and I had to remind myself that this wasn't a hamburger. It was beans. Because if you think you're biting into a burger, if you think of it as biting into a burger, the texture is different. Whereas if it was in a sandwich, it would have been fine. It would have been great and delicious. But when you're eating it by itself, alone, it kind of looks like a hamburger. Smells like a hamburger. It's not really. I mean, it doesn't smell like a hamburger. You know what I mean? And then, yes. and, but when you bite into it, you're like, oh, wait a minute, that texture's wrong. And you, you have this kind of like almost a negative reaction. And I kept going. So I was like mentally saying, no, this is, these are just, you know, uh, it's a bean patty. And, it, and when, I, when I thought of it that way, it was delicious. It really was good. So you had that initial, who put raisins in my chocolate chip cookie moment? Yeah, yeah. It's just the textures, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I was, thought it was water and it turned out to be milk, you know? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, whoa. Um, um, yeah, and it was just, uh, but uh, a pleasant, pleasant experience. By the way, uh, you also made a bean salad for our Fourth of July gathering, and it, and for those who are listening, uh, less than ten people, social distancing, observe family members who have gone nowhere. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, of course, since then you guys have gone and gotten your nails done, so I can't see you for two weeks now. <laughs> that's true that's true that's i true. mean that's that's um, basically the rules right so glad yes. i got it in yesterday while i could so um uh, anyhow uh, besides that that your salad was so good um and i made basically a meal of that and uh and the potato salad that tobin bought for himself and left here and so <laughs> so that was my lunch yesterday or the day before was the rest of that salad and uh i guess it was the day before and uh and the potato salad, but that was really so, yummy. For those of you all who, and I'll give the recipe because salad's super easy. It's black beans, uh, corn, and it, I use frozen, but it, it does taste better with fresh, but I didn't have fresh. I had frozen. So corn, um, uh, it's uh, tomatoes and onions and jalapenos, and then I use red bell peppers, but you can use whatever color you want, and um, a little olive oil, garlic, uh, lime juice and salt and uh, mix that all up together and it's delicious a wonderful summer salad I actually ended up making more for myself than um, uh, the next day and that's what we had or Monday that's what we had for lunch uh -huh. yeah it, it was really good and you know the beans give you just enough uh, bulk that they, that it's very filling you don't feel like, you know, like some people say well when you eat a salad you feel hungry it's like there's not enough there uh, this was like a bean salad. If you've ever had a, a three bean salad or something like that, but it just had a lot of good uh, flavor to it. It was really yummy. I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, well, I'm so glad thank, you liked it. Thanks for leaving me some. I don't like lettuce salads. I just don't, I'm not a fan of, I mean, if it's, if it's served to me, I'll eat it, but I, I, I generally make salads without lettuce. So if I do a mm -hmm. green salad, it's just got, um, tomatoes and onions and, um, uh, Kalamata olives and, uh -huh. um, tomatoes, onion, cucumber, and uh, feta cheese. But I make it for myself without cheese. And then I then I make a homemade uh, a Greek dressing. 
Right. And that's how I like it. I don't I don't like yeah. I don't like lettuce in my salad. Right. And I don't See, know why. I, but I, I don't, don't mind lettuce, but I don't want just like iceberg lettuce to me or just romaine. I want other stuff in there. I want some arugula and some endive and some, you know, just mix some some flavors up because a lot of those um uh, different leafy vegetables are very pungent and have lots of different flavors that mix in your mouth, and I like that. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 isn't the wedge salad, now I know it tastes good, but isn't the wedge salad like the most phoned-in salad ever? They give you a quarter. <laughs> yeah. a quarter chop, chop, a we're done of, prep. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> a quarter of a head of lettuce, some bacon bits, and some blue cheese, and they call it a salad. Yeah, it's a lazy, <laughs> the laziest salad ever. Ever. Like whoever Ever. thought of that was a genius, the the cook, because it was like, oh, I got an idea. We'll do nothing and tell people it's special. <laughs> I mean, literally, if you take a large knife or a kitchen hatchet on a head of lettuce and go, chop, chop, you're done. That's you're it. Done. That's the prep. Spread some bacon bits, throw some blue cheese on it, you're done. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. Maybe a little, little tiny bit of tomato or two, like you know. But yeah. that's it. Well, there's nowhere for it to land. It's like you know, because it's the wedge is basically like a hillside. Everything falls off. Exactly. So it's, it's like, true. So you have a plate of stuff with a chunk of lettuce laying, sitting in the middle, and half the time they don't even cut the core of the lettuce out properly. So you've still got this. So true. This it like is the most lettuce root on my ever. on my salad. It's like, wait, people, please. Put Did a little effort in. Did you at least wash in. it before you cut it? Yeah, sometimes you Tell wonder. Me that. Sometimes you wonder. So we are completely out of we time. We are. Time flies when you're having fun. So um, it's been a wonderful Wednesday talking with you, and we'll see everybody or listen to everybody or hear everybody. We hope everybody listens on Thursday. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Have a wonderful That's day. Right. I'm Todd Brinker. Well, I'm Aaron Brinker. We'll see you tomorrow. Whoop.